720 WGN. It is Dane here with you until 10. And, uh, you know, Chicago has a lot of things that are associated with us. A snowstorm apparently is coming, right? Looks uh, like it. Yeah. I mean, I have been reluctant to give up our bad weather, you know, street cred card. You know, people, as you know, they travel at times, like, oh, Chicago, wow, you have terrible winters. I don't want to really let off. It was mild. Last yeah. couple of years have not I been don't tough. say that because that's our identity. That would be like <laughs> if someone said, hey, what about the pizza? I was like, well, it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, one thing that we have in spades is the street cred of being, you know, America's great restaurant city and no better time to celebrate it than during Chicago Restaurant Week. Of course, you should be there 24 7, 365. But 403 participating restaurants, 33 neighborhoods represented. And when there comes to a title, the undisputed and undefeated champion of most romantic restaurant uh, yeah. is got to be Gay House. And the guy behind it all is Jeff Lawler. Jeff, welcome to WGN. Dane, thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Oh, it is wonderful. I mean, this is a great time to be a food fan. David and I, of course, Dave Hammond, you know him, of course. He was, uh, we were talking about, you know, this is just a great opportunity. If you hear about these places, places like Gay House, if for some reason there is no excuse, you haven't been, this is the time to go. It's a terrific deal. I mean, I'm looking at the menu for Gay House during restaurant week, and it's $59 for three courses of, uh, of fondue. That's amazing that you can offer that. You know, Gay House, Gay House's premier dinner really lines up perfectly for Restaurant Week. I mean, John Davis, the founder of Gay House back in 65, um, it was in 71 when we moved to our present location in Lincoln Park. But it was then he created the fondue, the complete fondue experience with the cheese fondue, the entree fondue, and the chocolate fondue. And then decades later, Restaurant Week comes along with a three-course experience. We've always done a three-course experience. And and uh, so Restaurant Week has lined up really well for us. And who doesn't love having fondue when you're dealing with a snowstorm outside and you're warm inside eating mm-hmm. a pot of cheese fondue mm-hmm. or chocolate fondue or it, it, it was a matter of time jeff lawler can't go too many minutes in a conversation without saying the word love right because that's what gay yeah, has romantic is, is all about and as you know you know it, david was talking about he was contemplating a story or a feature about how many proposals may happen at gay has my proposal did not happen it but it was that night like we went to gay has after the okay. proposal because it's Thank you. yes exactly and this was you know going on 20 years so i think it's sticking and i bet jeff would know how many proposals have been made at gay you house in gay house is now 59 years i've been with gay house for 30 of them i've just completed my 30th year and i have been witness to or participated in at least Two to three couples getting engaged each week. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so I mean, over the history of gays, we're talking um, fifteen thousand, sixteen thousand plus engagements. Wow! And there are days that, as they lead up to holidays, I've had seven in one week because everybody wants to get engaged before they see their family at the holidays. 
And uh, Valentine's is a good day to, I mean, people yeah. get engaged. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, I would, uh, for, for reluctant brides, if your boyfriend invites you to Gehaz, maybe, maybe you should be washing your hair that night. <laughs> no. No, you just embrace it. You reluctant s- brides. Reluctant you brides. You succumb to the, to the love, right? Here's the thing. This, is, this has been kind love. of... Kind of a, maybe that's a new slogan. I don't know, but um, we on a think tank basis. I was thinking, Jeff, you know, just to streamline the process. Why don't you just get ordained and just do it all right there? Oh yeah, for an extra fifty <laughs> bucks, marry him on the I side. I am ordained. I'm ordained. I uh, I did a wedding last year in uh, in uh, twenty three uh, for a relative of mine. And so yes, if any um, guests of gay house do want to get married, I can perform the wedding. You could have a little wedding ring concession, too, by, by the cashier. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. All right, so when it comes to Restaurant Week, this is an opportunity to get out there and try it. And did you want, I know, David, you mentioned some of the things that you were excited about on the menu. You know, Jeff, did you want to like highlight some of those, the different dishes or, or what people are going to be able to to have specifically as they make their way during restaurant week? Yeah. You know, one of the things I will boast about Gayhaz during restaurant week is, I mean, there's a lot of wonderful restaurants. I've participated all 17 years and I've watched this um, event grow from 50 restaurants now to over 400 restaurants. And a lot of wonderful, incredible restaurants are out there. And they all create that ideal three-course option for people. Whereas Gayhaz has never changed its options. You get the full portion of the Swiss Gruyere cheese fondue with the bread, apples, and grapes, and items for dipping into the cheese. You get the salad. You get the entree fondue with your choice. I mean, we have beef tenderloin, chicken, and shrimp as an international dinner. And uh, the beef tenderloin and shrimp, and uh, we have chicken. We have vegetarian items. We have yeah. a item. What is that, I mean, Jeff? The, yeah, a tin- I noticed on the menu, yeah, under vegetarian, you have a Tyndall. I'm not sure I yeah, know what that Tindall. is. Tyndall is a protein. It's, 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 uh, it's a, a vegetarian protein that um, comes in a patty that we sort of break apart and we make like little nuggets out of it. And when you cook it up in our oil, it's just like the chicken nugget. But mm. It's pure vegetarian. Yes. Mm. That's nice that you offer two vegetarian options. There's a lot of uh, veg- uh, animal proteins on here. But, yeah, for those who don't eat yeah. those things, tofu or tindal. Right. Yes, yes. So, um, no, Gayhaz lines up wonderful. And then you got the Swiss Korea, you got the, um, the, the Belgian chocolate fondue afterwards. Yeah, so and it's the full portions. We don't cut back on portions during restaurants. Oh, yeah? Oh, that's uh, we don't. impressive. Not at all. We don't, we don't reduce portions at all. So you're going to come in here and have an ideal time of experiencing Gayhaz. And over the years, you know, any given week over the normal year, we will have about 30% of our guests being brand new customers to Gay House. But during restaurant week, it's north of 75 to 80% of our guests are brand new to Gay House. That's, that's and, what you want. I mean, exactly. That, that yeah. is exactly, exactly so, what we want. Yeah. Yes. That is exactly so, and that for all the people, right? You look at you can't go to four hundred restaurants. Maybe you can. I don't know, but 
<laughs> but if you have some on your list that you have heard about, like Gay has, like tonight, and you want to take that opportunity to get out there, he is sharing the love and showing the love on uh, on the entrees, on the on the dishes, on the menu. And so, Jeff, as we let you go, you know, give the the location, the address, the website for people to to get involved and get it get in there. Yeah, no, Gay has Cafe. Uh, you'll find it at G E J A S cafe.com and we're located at 340 west armitage between on armitage between lincoln and clark we do have la parking and we're ready to welcome all reservations all right thanks jeff good thanks, luck jeff. good talking to you. good luck with all the people thanks so much thanks for jumping on the show thank you very much cheers all right we are going to take a break when we come back we're going to have we are going to have michael lakowitz he is a chef owner for the george Chua group and uh, they are doing some great work i know uh you're a big fan of them david I obviously am, yeah. and so uh, stay tuned for that more restaurant week it's dane here on 720 wgn 720 wgn it is dane here with you hi atop Chicago Skyline Studio. I've got David Hammond, acclaimed best-selling author and local media. Well, actually, a global media personality, right? I guess. As we Gosh. as we wait for the snowstorm <laughs> that is going to happen here for sure. But you know what? You can't keep people away from from food. Their support for restaurants and and David, four hundred restaurants. They're not a Chicago Restaurant Week, but they're not all in Chicago. Right. There's one out in uh, Winnetka, Aboye. Chefed by uh, Michael Lakowitz. I assume you were pitching to me. Yeah, you you hit it out of the park, Chef. Welcome to WGN. Hey, thanks for having me, Dane. David, how are you? I'm very good. How are you, Michael? I'm great. I'm great. I'm just glad to be part of the segment. Thank you for having me. No, thanks. Thanks for being on and talk a little bit about it. You know, we share a lot of the different restaurants, but you could not have said, I don't think when they started this, I think maybe it was like 17 years ago with the, you know just a yeah. handful of places that mm-hmm. over 400, I mean, the participation is great. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been part of it now in Winnetka for 10 years and it was before it predates Aboye. And George Trois, mm-hmm. my two restaurants that are at, in Winnetka now, uh, it was Restaurant Michael when I first started participating. And um, I, I made the conversion before COVID hit. And then, uh, you know, some unfortunate timing, but we, we came out of it okay. One of the things that saved my restaurant, both of them at that point, was Chicago Restaurant Week. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, it wow. Was really, it was incredibly important that we had that push of marketing dollars behind all of our restaurants in the city and in the suburbs were were I have two uh, that are participating Aboye in Winnetka and Fonda Cantina, our New Mexican spot in Evanston, and we're two of forty restaurants that are not in Chicago proper that are suburban restaurants that are participating. And wow, what a privilege it is to be part of this because you know I mean some of the restaurants that are participating are just really. Um, extraordinary yes. all, all restaurants that are participating are extraordinary experiences just because we're all willing to put it out there for our guests um it's a love letter to our guests especially to aboye because these are people who have been coming to me for a long time and like the other gentleman said from gatehouse cafe um it, it's just really it's really great to have 60 or 70 percent new customers come in over a two-week period and uh, if we can retain five percent of that it's a monster windfall but michael isn't that a testament just to not only obviously the communal restaurant community the nature of the chef just everything that is here that is this sort of unique melting pot in the chicagoland area but that 
you know, so many of the of the food fans, the the restaurant fans, are so tuned into it that this is something right. that they're so super excited to experience. It's a all tremendous. These Tremendous opportunity to eat at some places that you might not otherwise feel you can afford because there are some. I'm going to give you a, a, yeah. here's a prime example. Carrie and Michael Mahabedian mm-hmm. at Brandy are doing uh, Restaurant Week, and they're starting. They're actually starting it a couple days earlier when they get back from their little break, their winter break. And um, you know, those are that's restaurant royalty. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael and Carrie are just they. You know, they've they've probably forgotten a bit more about restaurant touring than I'll know. Mm-hmm. And they're just amazing hosts, and and she is just. I mean, nobody can have experienced Carrie's cooking and not walk away with their jaw agape. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just the way. That's just the experience you have when you're there. And and their pastry chef Craig, and it's just an incredible experience. And they have a menu from them for fifty nine bucks. Yeah, is yeah. you know just take advantage of it. You know, come and see us at Aboye because for fifty nine bucks, it's listen for a lot of people. It feels like oh, geez, prices are really going up, and it's really expensive to eat out. Yeah, it's expensive to eat at home too. We're, we're, we're not all trying <laughs> to, to get over. We're just trying, you know that's all we want to do is stick around and keep feeding our guests because I'm telling you right now, ninety nine percent of restaurant tours are not in this for the money. I'm telling you right now. We are in this because we have skin in the game. We're passionate about mm-hmm. being able to give a great experience to our guests. And and we love, it's you know, I, we get to be in the big show. Well, Michael, awesome. You, there's there's you, nothing like it. You mentioned, Randy, and you just mentioned it. And that's, I think, a testament to just that support and that love affair that, that the chefs and the restaurateurs in the Chicagoland area have with themselves and with the diners and with just being a part of this big thing. So for, for you, describe a little bit of the things that people are going to experience when they come out to the places for both of them. These are some of my favorite things in the world, really, that he has on his menu here. I am not, I'm not trying to recreate the wheel at Aboyer, I'm telling you right now. What I'm doing at Aboyer is dyed-in-the-wool, classic French bistro brasserie cooking, uh, escargot just swimming in garlic butter with fresh parsley and perneau, topped off with a pastry cap. And then uh, the other option for a first course is a truffle and potato soup in the style of Paul Bocuse. It's extraordinary. Yeah. We're in truffle season yeah. right now. Perigords and and and, and uh, truffles from Provence—they're they're all over the city now. They're all over. They're just beautiful. To not capitalize on those for this menu would be a shame. Mm-hmm. And then your entree selections at Aboyer are, are are lovely, right? Faroe Island salmon au poivre. The salmon is just a beautiful, rich, uh, meaty fish, and it stands up beautifully to toasted peppercorns with a gorgeous uh, wild mushroom cream sauce with cognac uh, over a huge pile of fresh cut French fries. And then uh, we're doing uh, the prime sirloin also in the same fashion, but chimichurri instead of au poivre. And uh, for dessert, just two classics, creme brulee or chocolate souffle. And the creme brulee is not a classic creme brulee in the sense that it's not in a dish. It's, it's like a bum or a half, a half, a half dome uh, with a chocolate base. And the caramelized on top is a classic creme brulee with a, a beautiful creme anglaise that's accented with Grand Marnier and Toasted Marcona almonds and candied oranges. It's just, it's just really a great menu. And if you want to have yeah. $59 a French experience, Aboyer is where you're coming for this menu. That's for sure. Now, Fonda, Fonda Cantina, I don't, I don't work at Fonda Cantina in the kitchen because I am far too Caucasian and white to work <laughs> in that restaurant. My partners 
Sergio Angel and Miguel Escobar. This, this is their restaurant, right? I, I partnered with them to build this restaurant, and Sergio is, is the consummate front man, just like Michael Nahabedian that I mentioned. And Miguel, uh, Sergio and I have been together for 27, almost 28 years now. We've been working together. He started with me as a busboy so many years ago. Now he is my operations manager for the group, and he takes care of all of my care all the money. You know, he, he takes, takes care of all the, the finances, and, uh, and, and he works the door. That's amazing. And Miguel, I can't say enough about this guy. I, he's probably three or four years older than me, and he runs circles around me. And the cooking that he does, he is as well-versed in French cuisine as he is in his actual indigenous cuisine of Mexican cooking. It, it, some of the stuff that he puts on the menu at Fonda just makes me – uh, teary-eyed. It's because I can't wow. do it, and I love to enjoy food that I can't cook. Hmm. And I probably could figure it out, but I'm not going to be able to do. It. I could do it for one, <laughs> but to do it for a couple hundred on a Saturday, the guy's just impressive. And the stuff that he's doing uh, at Fonda is again, it's not where well, he's not recreating the wheel, but he's putting his spin on all these beautiful classics like a sope de tinga for an appetizer. He's doing a mini pozole. And the pozole is done with all these beautiful aromatic chilies and flavors. Uh, for the entrees, he's doing a white fish with tomatillo salsa and this gorgeous, creamy jalapeno dressing. Oh. He's doing barbacoa. And the barbacoa is just, it just, it yields to your spoon. It just melts with beautiful marble potatoes and this gorgeous broth and warm tortillas. And it's just a, and it's cooked, it's, he cooks it in banana leaves. It's very oh. mm-hmm. authentic. It's very genuine. Everything that they do at Fonda is just respectful, indigenous Mexican food that they grew up with. Their grandmothers taught them to cook these dishes. And to see that stuff come to life mm. in a restaurant that I get to be a part of is just a privilege. It's, it's amazing. Just, a just so, that's 42 so, bucks. Oh. 42 bucks for three courses. Yeah. Well, you, can't, you can't beat that. I mean, he's, and he's, you know, he's doing flan and he's doing a, a, a pastel tres leche that he makes uh, in, in, in Evanston. It's just gorgeous. And, um, you know, I'm, listen, I'm going to Fonda for restaurant week. <laughs> sure. We're going to have links up, obviously, to the Choose Chicago site, and we'll have links up at WGNRadio.com. But, Michael, before we let you go, give information. The, the website's out for both places so people can, you know, get in there and get even hungrier, wow, and uh, and sure. make plans to come and see you. So, Aboye, all the information about Aboye is on the George Twa Group uh, website, georgetwagroup.com, G-E-O-R-G-E-T-R-O-I-F.com, or group.com, I'm sorry. And then uh, for Fonda, it's eat at, and at is spelled out, E-A-T-A-T, Fonda.com. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's an experience you won't have uh, anywhere else in the suburbs when you go to Fonda, and, and when you come to Aboye, you're going to know you're eating in a French restaurant, even though it's run by a Polish-Italian guy. <laughs> <laughs> it is some great stuff. One of the over 400 places, two of them, that is going to be participating in Chicago Restaurant Week, Michael Lakowitz. Thanks so much for everything you're doing, being a part of this, sharing the passion and the love and all of those great dishes. And thanks for jumping on the show today. Good talking to you, Mike. Hey, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. David, be good and uh, take care. Thanks again, Dane. Yep, you bet. All right, we're going to take nice. a break. When we come back, you know, on the tech side, and David, of course, you can ask maybe some food related tech is happening out there jennifer jolly you know her from
from uh, USA Today, the Today Show, Good Morning America, all of those things. She's going to be joining us live from the Consumer Electronics Show right in Las Vegas. All that big stuff happening, and uh, we'll have that when we come back. It's Dane here on 720 WGN. 720 WGN, it is Dane here with you until 10 p.m. here. Blasting out uh, 38 states in Canada at night. The the giant WGN signal. We do have David Hammond in studio with us as well, hey, acclaimed Dan. and best selling author, right? But you haven't, you know, you're kind of delving into the the past and the sort of historical provenance of the food world. But I don't know if you're too into the tech side of things. Are you, Dave? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you're going to get an education here because on the line, uh, cutting edge, you know, visionary. She's all, if you watch Good Morning America or USA Today, she's in all of that kind of stuff. And she has her hand on the pulse of everything, everything that's cool that's happening out at CES. It's the one and only Jennifer Jolly. Jennifer, welcome to WGN. I am here with all the cool things. Hello. <laughs> hey, Jennifer. It's so great to talk with you. Happy New Year. Happy, happy New Year. So this is the new year, and when the start of the new year, people start thinking, hey, well, what is new? And the stuff that you usually have is not only new for the new year. You know, hey, I'm going to do something new this year. It's usually new for the planet, maybe even the galaxy. Is there anything that impresses Jennifer Jolly that's out there, or is it kind of business as usual for you? No, it's it's pretty cool. I you know, I wanna be that jaded, I've seen it all, nothing excites me. That lasts for all of twenty seconds every time I touch down here in Las Vegas for the world's or really industry's largest consumer electronics show, CES twenty twenty four. I think this year it should be called C E A I S because uh-huh. AI is the headline in every new gadget. Every new tech tool, from cars to clothes to robots to laptops to bikes to shoes, and on and on and on and on. So you asked me a question, though, right? What impresses me? I can't get over LG's signature OLED 4K 77-inch see-through screen. I tried tried to explain it to David, and then I I got halfway through explaining it, realized I didn't make any sense. I'll just let Jennifer do that. (laughs) This is one of those gadgets you almost have to see to believe because i kept hearing about it you know we get pitched all this stuff under embargo and i kept saying yeah i just don't get it it's it is a clear piece of glass so you see through it so it's sitting in front of your window you're just looking out your window but then because it's this oled the organic light emitting diodes because those can be printed on any surface the screen is basically a transparent piece of glass no wider than a smartphone that can get images projected on it. And then the base of the set where it houses all the speakers and other things has a little film that you push a button on the remote, that dark film comes up and then it's just a great, uh, wonderful new kind of futuristic OLED 4k TV. Do you find the picture to be sharper or are there advantages to visually how the images look on the television? You have to kind of get past the fact that the screen is see-through, right? So for ever since the dawn of televisions, they've been these big black lumps, that mm-hmm. not lumps, but big <laughs> black boxes that take up space in our living rooms mm-hmm. and wherever we have them in our houses. So you, you have to get over it being see-through. When it is in that translucent mode, the picture is not quite as crystal clear. There's not as much bright brights dark darks, not quite as much mm-hmm. contrast clarity, but as soon as that film goes up, that darker screen goes up, 
it's one of those eye-popping 4K OLED <laughs> televisions mm-hmm. that we've come to love mm-hmm. and respect and want to see. One of, of course, the first thing that I said was, okay, this is awesome that you're doing this, but who wants this? <laughs> and really, the companies, you know, they've, they've battled with each other. They arm wrestled for years and years over having the thinnest, the lightest, the, you know, stick to your wall like a poster uh, features. Now, this is all about having that giant black box on the wall being so 2020. That is so four hmm. years ago now. Jennifer, is it the kind of thing, you know, sort of dual purpose? I mean, could it be used as a a window? You know, because of the kids, they got super excited when they were in a hotel room that where the bathroom you know, mirror could turn into a TV. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Is it kind of like that where, you know, maybe it's a window sometimes and then maybe it's a TV? Absolutely. And you can have an image like you could have the weather forecast on there. You could have temperatures and it can have basically what you're seeing on the outside seamlessly integrate with the life you're living on the inside. And that's a big theme with AI. So AI is now in everything. What does that mean? Well, there will be less kind of separation of church and state between our gadgets and our lives, which sounds creepy, and it absolutely is, <laughs> but the notion is, I mean, there's a lot of creep factor here this year, too, but the, the idea behind it all is that <clears throat> we don't have screens separating us from our world anymore. Everything kind of blends together, mm. becomes more intuitive, more personalized. Everything's working a little bit more in a kind of a closed-off system for us. Well, you mentioned the creepy factor and I was again, you and I have talked over the years about, you know, Alexa and, and just how integrated she could be. And of course, we always heard those horror stories of, you know, ordering like 10,000 socks or recording, you know, your bank <laughs> robbery plot or whatever yeah. kind of inconvenient thing it could happen. But the Alexa has just gotten so nice that, you know, I was like, okay, set alarm for this. And she's like, thanks. I hope you have a great day. And I'm just, you, know, <laughs> you know what, Alexa, you're, you're, you're all right. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm less distrustful. Is that it, Jennifer, that we're just, we're just getting used to the fact that, hey, you're there and you're part of the family. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yes, I think that there is that psychology to it, but also even some of the people making these gadgets don't like something spying or listening on them. So AI built in basically has more privacy out of the gate, out of the box. It's private by design. A lot of these gadgets, they don't, they they might be Wi-Fi connected, but all of the information it gathers lives only on that device. It doesn't go up into the cloud. It doesn't get shared back with the company. So we're hearing more and more about these these kind of lockdown. Um, I, I think of it like a, a room, like a panic room that you have locked down in your house. Here's a great example of that. I've just reviewed the smartest robot vacuum. Okay, I've been seeing robot vacuums for 20 years. There's a company called Matic. And I got pitched a smart robot vacuum. I thought, okay, you know, I, I like they brought it over to where I'm staying in Las Vegas. I, I don't even know if I brushed my teeth yet. You know, I just kind of showed up in sweats, rolled in. It is completely reinvented from like wheels and suction up. It's a smart AI robot vacuum and mop combo that fixes all the problems we've all had with robot vacuums in the past. It uses five onboard cameras and AI to mimic the way humans see and figure out space in a home. So it maps out in near real time and shows you, it can see my legs, it can see a table, it can see cords, it can identify all of that in near real time. And, And then 
it seems more human-like. It's shaped differently. It's packed with personality. It understands gestures and voice commands. So you just point to a dirty spot on your floor and say, hey, Maddox, clean this. And it goes right to the job. So this is one of those that I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It has cameras all over. I mean, this is freaking me out. Totally private by design. It's completely contained on that device itself. Well, yeah, but Jennifer, that's all wonderful about the cameras. But how many like <laughs> how many pool cue balls can it suck up and hold in place? <laughs> you know, we've all seen the infomercials. Is it powerful? It it is powerful. It it you know we threw out all kinds of stuff. There's a mop too, so it vacuums, it mops, um, it knows because of AI. So so it has this machine learning that says, hey, that's a cord, or hey, that's a Lego, or hey, that's a you know it's too small to suck up a golf ball, but it also. Um, it has like the same kind of, of uh, material they use in baby diapers so that if it sucks up liquids, it doesn't get all disgusting <laughs> in a day or two. You know, it doesn't rot in there. It'll go and pa- park itself when it's full or it needs to be like it's I think of it like, OK, it needs its diaper change now. It'll go park itself by your trash can. Wow. Like these are the kinds of things like gadgets have brains and it's really really cool it's really really scary but wow we're we're the jetsons are here there's no more talk about it it's here jennifer does that that device you were just describing there does it has no internet connectivity or does it connect to the internet it connects to wi-fi to connect to your app on your smartphone and kind of figure out where it is and use, you know, local information about what time it is and things like that. But it does not send any information from your location anywhere beyond its its little robot walls. Don't mean to sound paranoid, but is this made in, it, where, what country is this device made in, USA or somewhere else? It is made here in the USA, oh, wow. and two former Google Nest engineers, I, and I met with one of them, they said, how is it that we can basically have flying cars and none of us have figured out how to make a robot vacuum do what we actually need <laughs> yeah, to do? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what the and, world needs, right? And you know what's fun for me? I've been doing this, uh, gosh, about 25 years or so now. So what's fun for me is... I think this stuff all the time, too. Like, why does my hair still get tangled up in a robot vacuum? Why does it still suck up a cord? Why does it get stuck under the couch? Why can't it do corners? So finally, these engineers are kind of coming out of, of, you know, Silicon Valley, you know, everybody drinking the same Kool-Aid. And they're saying, yeah, we have kids and we have these same problems. This engineer also said, he said, you know, my dog and my kids were both terrified of right. these robot vacuums. These <laughs> I can be see nice that. and sure. friendly. And just making them nice and friendly is enough to really be a game changer here. Yeah, it'd be nice to your, you know, tell your dog to get out of the way or your cat. Hey, watch out. Watch your tail, right? You know, be, be polite with the whole cleaning <laughs> thing. We'll let the listeners know we're talking with Jennifer Jolly. You know her from USA Today. You know her from the Today Show. All of the ways in which she helps kind of fill, fill us in on some of the latest and greatest things. And all of those things are happening right now at CES. She is calling us live from Las Vegas. We're going to take a quick break. We'll have more with Jennifer when we come back. It's Dane here on 720 WGN. 720 WGN is Dane here with you for a few more minutes and uh, excited to have back on the line out there with a hand on the pulse of all of the latest and greatest things bringing the world together uh, out in Las Vegas is uh, CES. It's the one and only Jennifer Jolly. Jennifer, welcome back. 
Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. So we were thinking about this. And so David, who is in, he ran to go get a cup because he's going to be trying some sort of indigenous uh, cocktail delicacy for um, for us. But on the cooking side, and I know you had sent over some of the things and some things that, you know, cooking and, and, and fire and grilling, right? It's as old as, as time, right? Cave people were the ones that were doing this. But now we've got, you know, some new ways to do it in a, in a different, a safer way, right? Yeah, I really enjoyed checking out the current C-U-R-R-E-N-T dual zone grill. It's the first full-size electric grill. You know, it's not, uh, you know, the George Foreman kind of grill that we used to have. It's a full-size grill that makes it easier, safer, no open flames, kind of just a set it and forget it. You can put it on a balcony. You can put it outside anywhere. does not generate nearly as much smoke, but you still get all of that traditional flavor of the grill. It's Wi-Fi enabled, so you can basically be driving home from work. You tap an app. It's heated, ready, and waiting to throw the meat and the veggies on the minute you arrive. Zero emissions, so it's better for the planet. Six times less expensive per cook than a standard gas grill. But what I really enjoyed the most about it is I have never grilled a day in my life. Like, I just can't. It's my husband's job. You know, that might sound old-fashioned. I just can't. I mean, I can't cook at all. So he just handles it. I can actually use it and finally grill almost as well as my pitmaster spouse. So I thought that Mm -hmm. was really fun. Is it a a grill like a griddle? Or is it like a grill with grates? It looks exactly like any other traditional uh, grill that you would use charcoal briquettes and everything in, but it's all electric. So you do have to use it in a place where you can plug it in. What's of more concern to me, I had a, uh, is the internet connectivity issue. We had a grill sent to us to test drive. It was a $10,000 grill, had intelligence in there and a CPU, and it hooked up to, uh, to the internet, right? Except it didn't. It kept dropping the signal, so things kept resetting. And it was, honest, I don't even remember the name of it. I wouldn't mention if I did. But it's a, it's, it was kind of a disaster because it didn't, it was unable to connect to the internet. It was outside, so it kept picking up signals yes. from my neighbors. Now, this, I'm not saying this is a problem with, with all grills that connect to the internet, but that was a problem with the one I tried. And this was like, Four years ago, five years ago, yeah. perhaps there's been a lot of. I assume there has been some progress since then, uh, but that w- the problem was, yeah, it wouldn't couldn't hold the signal from my house. It kept picking up neighboring signals, which screwed up the cooking process. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Again, this is one of those pain points that we have all suffered, especially those of us who who test out gadgets for a living. Mm-hmm. We've been through those connectivity issues, the dropped Wi-Fi, the sketchy Bluetooth, anything and everything that can go wrong in these gadgets has. So for years and years and years, again, back to those Silicon Valley you know, uh, meetups where they're, you know, it's just, it was all these engineers creating all of this new technology and all these new gadgets and doodads that didn't actually work. So that's been the biggest shift, right? It, yeah, but aside from that. That's so funny. Everybody knows what I mean, though, right? Well, like, that's so funny you would say that, Jennifer. Do, it doesn't work. Because yeah. like, Dave's like, well, I pick, keep picking my up life. my neighbors. Unless your neighbor's a better cook, right? Maybe he's got some better <laughs> ideas than what you were doing. So, Jennifer, is that, I mean, I hate to, we'll, of course, have links up at WGNRadio.com for all that, and you'll be doing the entire length of the show at CES, but 
has has that happened? Because this has got to be a big moment for some of these. You know, they get their product in front of a Jennifer Jolly. They know what it means, oh, and the then time. and then it's yeah. like, hey, wait, it it didn't do that before, or hey, yeah. it really does work. Has that happened with you? Well, a lot of times here you're seeing beta models, you're seeing props, you're seeing sort of first iterations that are not on the market yet. So absolutely, it happens all the time. But my expectation is once that goes to market, once I pay any amount of money for it, it has to do what it says it will do. Otherwise, it's a failure. And I have been saying this over and over and over to everyone who will listen. That's the biggest shift I see with AI getting embedded into our gadgets. It's not chat GPT in a grill. What it is is faster, sharper, better processors that are doing things like holding a Wi-Fi signal mm-hmm. when it needs to. Mm-hmm. So David's a big, he's a big biker, and you had mentioned like an AI bicycle. Is, like before we let you go, is there anything you can share on that? Because that seems kind of simple. Like what, what, what could be done that would improve yeah, it yeah. on the bicycle side? Okay, this is a smart e-bike. It's called the Utopia Carbon One Pro. Uh, this is basically a bicycle with a brain. GPS navigation, fingerprint start, anti-theft functionality, the smart IoT system and algorithms that control it are kind of the heart of the technology. It enables them to create these e-bikes that keep evolving to really become your smart companion. Again, super creep factor when I say it like that. <laughs> Wait until you take it for a test ride. It, it, so I, I tried these. Um, I can't wait to show this to you in real life, but when I put these Moonwalkers X, these smart robotic AI enhanced, uh, they look like, like futuristic roller skates, but, but I put these on and you really understand what AI is doing in these devices. So I might be wobbly. It automatically just kind of writes me. It says, look, you're putting too much pressure on your right leg. And in order to use these, you know, we're going to just kind of fix these for you. It does the same thing on the e-bike. It'll know when you start going up a hill. It'll start giving you a little more of a push when you need it. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing, you know, really, they're actually getting smarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's just so much exciting stuff. And I know you'll have all of it. Yeah. And again, your hand on the pulse of all. So Jennifer, as we let you go, like USA Today for sure, but go ahead and give us that. And of course, the social media side for people to keep up. Yeah, I am at Jen Jolly on Instagram, trying to keep up with myself and post as much as I can. I'm really into these robots now that are as handy as they are cute. For years, smart robots have been, you know, just kind of cute companions. Now they can actually do things for you that you need them to do. Answer the door and wake you up and that kind of thing. So at Jen Jolly on Instagram, techish.com is my website, usatoday.com slash tech for all of what I'm seeing here. Jennifer Jolly, the best in the business. Thanks so much. Get some sleep and then get up there and, of course, get all those scoops. I appreciate you jumping on the show today. Yeah. Good talking to you, Jennifer. Some big, big scoops coming out tomorrow. Keep in touch. Thanks, Jennifer. All right. We are going to take – well, no, we're not going to take a break. We've got two minutes with Dave Hammond. So, Dave, I want you to mention the book one more time. And then while you're doing that, pour <laughs> this uh, indigenous uh, – Liquid. It, the book is by Monica Eng and I is called uh, Made in Chicago: Stories Behind Thirty Great Hometown Bites, and we review, talk about the histories of and the 
the components of 30 Chicago original foods. You know the Chicago hot dog, the Italian beef. Well, we came up with 28 other, we found 28 other foods in Chicago that have fascinating histories and some really interesting personalities behind them. And we put them in the book and we're traveling all over Chicago talking about it. Right now, Dana and I are going to have a little sip of uh, Cohasset Punch, which was uh, a major, it was a very popular Chicago beverage. Can you reach that? Yeah, hold on one second. I'm going to try to reach it. There we go. So I have the Cohasset Punch. Now we think of, on the, the liqueur side, you know, the Chicago identified one is Malort, right? And this has been... This has been presented by you, an authority on the subject, as better than Malort. Oh, I would, I'm not sure. It's, it's diff, certainly different. It's sweeter than Malort. And that's why I think it'd be cool to make a cocktail with Cohasset Oh, this Punch. is way better. <laughs> well, right. I mean, in, in, it's just, Right, Malort's supposed to be bad. Maybe right. I should just say it more diplomatic. It's less unpleasant than... <laughs> less unpleasant. And that's your diplomatic response? <laughs> they should put that on the label. All right, well, thanks, to David. Thanks so much. One more time with the website for the, uh, for the book. Oh, for the book, it's a University of Illinois Press. The book is called Made in Chicago. You go right there. It's also on Amazon and at Barber's Bookstore and all over the place. Thanks to everybody for listening, and uh, keep it here. It's been Dane 720 WGN.